Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olawumi Brigway. I'm a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, the premier personal development platform equipping and empowering women to create their best life from the inside out. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, my goal is to help you disengage from limiting and faulty belief systems so that you can think differently, believe differently, and live differently. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Olaomi Brigway and welcome back to the Super Abundant Life podcast. All season, I've been talking about purposeful living. So this is season two. There are 10 episodes and this is episode seven of 10. If you're somebody that has a strong desire to live a significant life, if you're somebody that has a strong desire to live a highly purposeful or impactful life, you definitely want to catch every episode in this series. Every episode builds on the previous one, starting with episode one, where I literally debunked a lot of myths about purpose. And I build up on that with episode two, where I talked about four expressions of purpose, four powerful ways where you may not even know that you have been fulfilling purpose because you didn't recognize those as expressions of purpose. Now, I'm not going to talk about everything I've (laughs) said in all the different episodes up until now because there have been six episodes, but I promise you that if you follow through with every episode in this series, honestly, you will come out on the other side of it confident that your life is valuable and that every single day you are presented with opportunities to take out of that value that God has deposited inside you to serve humanity. And humanity doesn't have to be some grandiose thing. Humanity actually starts with the people that are closest to you, your family. It starts with yourself as well. Today, I want to talk about something that is very important to me. And I've titled it Embracing the Journey from Healing to Helping. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Let me start off by reading Romans 1.17 in the Passion Translation. And it says, this gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. It's a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. And literally that was all stuck with me. Going from faith to faith, we're meant to progress in our revelation of God, in our experiential knowledge of God and of the gospel. We are meant to move from receiving life through faith to the point where we are living by faith. And I started to think about what did 
Paul mean by that? I mean, other translations literally said going from faith to faith, which is how I'd read it before. Like your faith is able to believe God for this. And then you increase your faith. You work on your faith to go and receive something else and so on. And this was literally for 30 years, how I had interpreted the scripture. But as I saw this transition, it became even more powerful to me that it can't just be about me growing from faith to faith just to be receiving and receiving and receiving life for myself. And what the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see is there has to be a time where you enter into the power of living by faith. You go from exercising your faith to receive to the point where you've entered into abundance, into overflow. So I call it overflow. And as I continued to just meditate on that scripture, another scripture came to me that sealed it from like, ah, now I finally understand this. And there's a backing for what I'm contemplating from this Romans 117. And it was what Jesus said in John 7, 37 to 38. So it says on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And it just clicked. If I want to compare the two scriptures, so using one scripture to interpret the other, this was my conclusion of it. We as Christians should be going from the point where we are receiving by faith. So Jesus said, if anybody thirsts, meaning there's an area of your life where you are lacking something. I mean, think about if you're thirsty, you want water, don't you? You have a strong desire for something. And in fact, it has gone beyond just, oh, I wish I had this. It is actually at the point where you can't think of anything else. Have you ever been at a point where you're so thirsty that, listen, you're just hunting for water everywhere. All you're thinking about, all you can think about is drinking water to satisfy your thirst. It's the same way where we have certain needs in our lives, where we have certain areas of our lives that are not in alignment with what we know God wants to do in that area. So for example, somebody could say, listen, my career is not going as well as it should. I've been stuck in this level for so many years. I've wanted to progress and I just don't know what to do. I've tried everything. I've taken courses, more qualifications. I've volunteered. I've done all sorts of things, but I'm still stuck at this level. Every time I apply for promotion, I'm turned down. People say, well, you're very diligent at this. They give all the nice feedback, but never say yes. So that's an area of thirst. Or if there's a parent that's looking at their child and they keep hearing reports of how the child is not doing well at school, maybe academically, or even in terms of their behavior, that is an area of thirst. So Jesus said, if you thirst, if you are thirsty, if there's anything in your life that is causing you pain or heartache or sorrow or any form of lack, what did Jesus say to you? He said, come to me, come to me and drink. In other words, we should first of all, take it to Jesus. And when you drink, you don't just drink and then that thirst is satisfied and that's it. You now go on to literally move on as normal. Jesus said, if we go through the process of faith, if we go through the process that he is prescribing, the process of transformation, when you take that area of need or lack to him, what's going to happen? He says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So we have two very distinct situations here, 
All right. First is the thirst, and then the second is the rivers of living water, meaning so much abundance that it couldn't possibly be just for you to satisfy your thirst. If someone is thirsty, even if they've been in the desert for three days, and on the third day when literally they're just about to quit, <laughs> somebody shows up with really cold water, ice cold water, and gives them to drink. No matter how thirsty they are, no matter how parched, they cannot drink rivers. Last, last, they'll drink one, two, three, four bottles of water, and they'll be like, oh, that was so refreshing. Thank you. But if Jesus says, when we go through the process of bringing our areas of thirst to him and allowing him to work on us and go through that process of transformation, he's saying that what's going to come out of it on the other side is not just that your thirst will be satisfied, but that it will produce rivers. And when I continue to meditate on this, I realize that rivers can never ever just be for yourself. Rivers means that other people will actually drink and benefit from that outcome. It is the same way Paul said, the same comfort in which God has comforted us is what we're using to comfort you. And then that scripture says that we have been reconciled to God and then God now committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, in other words, not only have we been reconciled to God, God now expects that out of the grace of reconciliation that has come upon us, we are meant to go out there and then reconcile other people to him as well. What am I saying? I'm saying that the purpose of God for every Christian that walks the face of this earth is to take every area of need, of lack, of pain, whatever it is, and to take it through the process to come to Jesus and walk the walk, whatever renewal of the mind needs to take place and to stay with that process until you come out on the other side. And that coming out on the other side is not just for your needs to be met. It is you enter into such abundance that literally other people will come and they will draw from you and you will never be depleted. Should I give a few examples? I was talking about career. So this person says, I've been trying for so long. I've been stuck in this particular area. I'm an experienced professional. I've been wanting to progress. I believe there's more that I can give, but I've tried everything I can. That is an area of thirst. They're so dissatisfied. They feel like their job has become so monotonous. They can do it in their sleep, but every opportunity they've applied for to exercise or to build their leadership skills, they've been turned down. So this person takes this area of thirst and says, I'm going to take it to Jesus. They don't abandon the journey. They don't stay in the place of, I just don't understand what is going on. I just need somebody to come and help me. No, they decide that, listen, I'm going to take my own fate in my own hands, especially because I've received an invitation. There's a standing invitation from Jesus to come and convert this area of thirst into abundance. So they see through, they push whatever the process looks like for them. And then they come out on the other side. Let me try and paint a picture of what abundance or overflow could look like in that situation. It's the point where before they applied to hundreds, probably even thousands of companies trying to get ahead in their career and they were always turned down. They did everything they needed to do and it still didn't result in anything. Overflow means literally you are being headhunted. 
side. Before you even settle into one particular role, one headhunter randomly looks at your LinkedIn profile, calls you and says, you know what, we're going to triple your salary. We've heard amazing things about you. You are the person we need. As you're pondering that, another two or three offers come. And it's not like you're suffering where you are. You're doing exceptionally well. They want to retain you at all costs. You have entered into overflow. Overflow is a state of abundance where opportunities and resources come easily and effortlessly to you. Remember, rivers of living water. The area of thirst where you barely had anything, where you were super thirsty for a desire for something to manifest in your life to the point where you are not even thinking about it anymore because it's so abundant. Somebody that was scraping coins together to be able to pay their electricity bills at one point, they've entered into such abundance financially that they don't think before they spend money anymore because no matter what they buy, it's just a little dip. And then more comes out of what they've taken out in terms of their finances. The child that was misbehaving at school where you were tearing your hair out. You're like, what do I do with this child? You have done everything. You've done the shouting. You've done the sitting down. You've done the begging. You've done the taking away the phone and all that. It just was not working to the point where literally the teachers and the principal at the school are referring other parents to you and saying, we don't know what she did. Go and speak to this person. They will help your child because we had done everything we need to do where you're literally talking and sharing your testimony with somebody and they start crying. They start weeping like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I need. And you say one thing, it opens their eyes. They go and try it and the thing turns around for them. Do you understand what I mean? That's overflow. Where once you were struggling and it was toil, it was like pushing a rock up the hill and it wasn't even like you were slowly progressing. You push it up one meter and then it rolls back 10 meters and you try again and you keep failing to the point where honestly, it's like you're just flowing downstream. You're accelerating. People are looking at your life and thinking, how on earth did you get here? That's overflow. Now, what I saw in that scripture in Romans 117 was very simple. It was just a reawakening to me that, listen, enough of always using our faith as Christians, exercising faith only to get more and to get more. There has to be a time where you are now shifting, as Paul says, from exercising your faith to receive to the point where you're living by faith. It has become part of a lifestyle. And once something becomes a lifestyle, you're not exercising your faith again to get things. You're actually starting to exercise your faith to impact lives, to give. It is very easy, especially in the world that we live today. It is always, Father, give me, Father, give me. It's always exercising our faith to get and to get and to get. And people indeed are entering into abundance because if you follow the process through, you will enter into abundance, but the abundance, the overflow is still not enough. So somebody is in overflow in their career and they can't stop for a moment to think, oh my goodness, see how far I've come. Look at all the people that are piled up behind me struggling. Look at the people that are where I used to be. And there's no consideration whatsoever to say, let me turn back so that I can bring people to drink out of my rivers. It's like, I want more rivers. <laughs> okay. I'm already in rivers or so rivers of living water, but Jesus. Okay. So my salary is now six figures. Okay. Let's go for seven figures. There's nothing wrong with that. Where the problem is, 
and where that person will find themselves in trouble and i'll explain why in a minute is you are at that point you've entered into rivers and you're still not satisfied the sole existence of your faith is to get more you used to live in a one bedroom in fact let's say you used to hire a room in a house so it was just a room you had access to you were living with other people then you exercise your faith to the point where okay you now have a studio by yourself then you exercise your faith you now have a three bedroom then you exercise your faith say oh i now want a five bedroom then you got into the five bedroom like okay it's not enough now even though you're at the point where all the children have left the house it's just you and your husband or you and your wife and i know no, no I, we want to do more i say okay seven bedroom nothing wrong with that however if your entire preoccupation is to just to accumulate more and more and more and you are not exercising part of your faith to bring people into that abundance then do you know what's going to happen that person is going to feel completely dissatisfied as in there's going to be a hollow feeling inside them because truly true fulfillment comes from using one's abundance to help others the ministry of reconciliation is given automatically to the person that has been reconciled. So if God has reconciled you to himself, to your inheritance in any area of your life, you should immediately start to think, how can I reconcile others into their inheritance in that area, in whatever area of life? So you have the area of firsts and you always have both at any season in your life. There'll be areas of your life where you've entered into overflow, but certainly there'll be areas of thirst. Now the mistake is for the areas of abundance to still only be exercising your faith at the expense of the areas of thirst. And you just want to accumulate more and accumulate more. So in other words, this is summary of what I'm saying. For every point of thirst, every need, anything that is making you uncomfortable in your life, Number one, don't ignore it. Don't contract it out to other people to try and help you push it through. If you see it through, God wants to take that area of thirst until it becomes an abundance in your life. Now, the purpose of the thirst is for you to come to Jesus. It is the areas of needs in our lives that draw us closer to God. If there's something in your life that is just not right, it is a mistake to start running around, trying to look for solutions yourself, trying to even find prayer contractors, trying to hand over responsibility to other people and say, oh, this man of God, as, as soon as you pray for me, look, there's a level to that. If abundance is what you're looking for, if rivers of living water is what you're looking for, you're going to have to exercise your own faith. You're going to have to learn to take your own thirst, go by yourself to Jesus because you have access. You have as much access as anybody else that you may highly respect has. The purpose of the thirst is for us to take that thirst to Jesus. Drink until out of our belly starts to flow rivers of living water. Now the rivers of living water, its purpose is not just to sit down and consume. Remember the man that the grounds brought for plenty. I'm pretty sure he definitely started off with just a seed or a few seeds. He had nothing. And then he planted his seeds. The abundance of God, the grace of God came upon that land, 
caused it to multiply. And when he entered into his rivers of living water, what did he do? He was like, oh, this is only for me. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says, God said to him, that your soul will be required of you today. Now you can read that literally as, okay, Oga, you're going, you're going to die tonight, right? You can also read it as the soul literally will enter into this kind of dissatisfaction, just the person will just not be happy. They just will not be fulfilled. No matter how high they go in that career, they'll still feel like, I just don't feel satisfied. I don't feel being fulfilled because their entire preoccupation, all their prayer point, all their energy is about, I just want to rise further in this career. They're never thinking about, I have people in my circle that have been stuck at this level of their career for so many years and they've been trying to climb up. It never occurs to that person to say, how can I take out of my abundance to help them? No, the existence of their faith is just to get more. It's for them to just climb higher. That can be right. And this is where the soul literally becomes sick because that injection of life that comes from sowing and bringing other people into their abundance is missing. The ministry of reconciliation is missing. Those are the two key points of our lives. What I wanted to really charge you with today is, and I've titled this, like I said, embracing the journey from healing to helping. Look at the areas of your life. Let's start with the thirst. Is there an area of your life that has lingered for so long? The same problem over and over and over again. It has become such that people are the ones helping you. you you've been receiving healing, but it's dragging and dragging. You, you leave it and you come back to you. You leave it and you come back to it. You say, okay, this year I'm going to really sort this thing out. This year I'm going to really resolve this area of my life. And then by the time February comes, you forget all about it. But the pain is still there. The itch is still there. It's not letting you go. You are thirsty. The same way somebody, if somebody is thirsty, no matter what, until that thirst gets satisfied, it's not going away. It's not like you can be thirsty and then after a while, oh, I'm not thirsty again. Then it wasn't genuine thirst. It's interesting that Jesus used thirst because you can't literally just push thirst aside and say, oh, I was thirsty. I haven't drunk water in two days. I was thirsty, but now I'm not thirsty anymore. If that happens, the person is about to quench because literally it means that body is shutting down. So thirst, it's an interesting analogy because it literally means something that you can't get away from. It's in your face. So if you have that area of your life and you've been making excuses You've been stopping and starting, or you've been trying to contract it out. You say, oh, this is my marriage. Come and pray for my marriage or whatever. No, there's a point where you have to stop trying to leverage somebody else's anointing. And you have to sit down and say, okay, Jesus, it's me and you. Jesus said, come to me. Meaning it's a personal experience. It's a personal process of transformation. You can't keep contracting it out. Face that area. Face it. Go through the process, come out, overcome it and come out with overflow and abundance on the other end. Nobody will be able to take that away from you. And on top of that, other people will drink from it as well. If you face that marriage and say, do you know what? This thing has been going on for 15 years. I want to face this marriage. Jesus, I'm coming to you with this thirst and you're committed to it. It will take time. It's not instant. It will take time. But you refuse to take shortcuts. Refuse, as the Bible says, to accept deliverance 
Meaning, okay, someone says just exit or just leave it. I don't even want to deal with this thing anymore and just bury your head in sand and pretend that it's not happening. Instead of accepting deliverance, it says they looked for a better resurrection. In other words, they're not looking for a way out, just a shortcut. They faced it. They stood with it until they were resurrected to a new level of glory. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be nice to grow from the place where you're using your faith every month to be able to pay the rent or to be able to pay the school fees to the point that you've entered into such abundance of your finances, you're using your faith for more quality things than money. You're using your faith to say, look, I want to pray for that person to be healed. Or I want to believe God that I'm going to pay the school fees of a thousand children. Isn't that a more quality use of your faith? Now, we're not despising small beginnings. If you're at the point where literally to be able to believe God and exercise your faith to pay rent, that is wonderful. We must start from that area of thirst. But you can't stay in that area of thirst forever. And do you know why people stay there forever? It's one of two reasons. It's either number one, they keep contracting it out. They keep looking for people that will just solve the problem for them spiritually. Think about the children of Israel. Every time they hit any kind of obstacle, they were like, Moses, Moses. And they cried out to Moses and said, Moses, do something. The man of God. They cried out to the woman of God. And Moses would exercise his own faith his own relationship with God and they would get what they wanted. And that's why the Bible says that they knew the acts of God, but they didn't know his ways. Moses knew the ways of God. In other words, Moses had a personal relationship with God. Moses and God were tight, but these ones, all they knew was, okay, miracle, miracle, miracle. They didn't know God. They didn't know the form of God. They didn't know the shape of God. They didn't know the character of God, which was why it was very easy for them to believe also like God brought them into the wilderness to kill them. Isn't the same thing that we experience in our generation where somebody say, Oh God, why did you do this to me? But I serve in church, but I pray people that talk like that. They only know the acts of God. They don't know the ways of God. They don't know Jesus personally. He's their personal Lord and savior, but they don't know him because they keep contracting their thirsty areas out. They're waiting for the man of God or the woman of God to pray or to lay hands. And then every now and then the miracle comes and they're like, okay, at least I'm satisfied. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That can't be the essence of Christianity. God never put anybody here on earth for themselves, for just their own needs to be met. It cannot be the Christianity that we were handed by the apostles. They're taking the thirst to God quote and unquote, but they're going through contractors. They don't go to Jesus themselves. They go through middlemen. They just want somebody else to pray. And there has been no exchange between them and the Holy Spirit. There has been no interaction, no relationship, communion with the Holy Spirit, walking you through the process. Ha! The second reason why somebody's faith may not be growing even though they've been a Christian 15, 20, 30, 40 years, they're still on the baby level is, I don't even know which one is worse or better. Essentially, they're not even attacking it from the spiritual point of view. They're just using brain like Jacob in the first how many years of his life. Just brain. Oh, I want the inheritance. I'm going to trick people. At least the first group, <laughs> we say at least they're reaching out spiritually and reaching out to somebody that appears to be more anointed than them, at least reverencing the fact that, okay, God can do this thing. But the second group, they're not even addressing it spiritually at all. 
not personal prayer, not even joining with corporate prayer, whatever. It is about, I'm going to use this my brain. And the problem with that is, well, of course, the first one is you're not coming to Jesus to drink. So you're not building your faith. You're not building your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, most important. And then secondly, there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end is destruction. Jacob thought he was super smart. He thought, oh, I'm winning until he ended up, until his brain took him to Laban's house. And then his eyes saw where, right? If not for the grace of God. This whole, I'm going to do it myself. And you're a Christian. You're just wasting all the resources that are available to you. Imagine somebody owns a private jet and they want to go from United Kingdom to Australia. By plane, oh, it's almost 24 hours. But this person says, no, 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 no. I'm going to use my private jet. Private day where you're sitting in luxury, they serve you your food, you can sleep. And then you say, no, I'm going to go by sea. It'll probably take them months. And it's not even like a luxury cruise ship. It's like boat. Yes, you seem to be going forward, but at what cost? So when we either use our brain or our own quote-unquote wisdom, which is really foolishness to God, or we are contracting out our faith, to people that have exercised their faith to get to that point. Moses went through the wilderness to exercise his own faith. And that is why he's the quote unquote, the big man of God that he was. They literally said that we don't need to have anything to do with God. You just keep talking to God for us. A lot of people are there. You are missing out on rivers of living water because at the end of the day, that person is only going to have access to scraps. You are missing out on overflow because that overflow can only come. Jesus said, if you come to me, that overflow is only available in the presence of God as he takes you through the process that he prescribes. Look at your areas of thirst. Take stock of the areas of your life, spiritual, finance, parenting, marriage, career, business, relationships, and draw two lines and say, Thirst or overflow, or actually realistically thirst, messy middle overflow. <laughs> Super thirsty, that is the beginning of the journey. Messy middle, you've started the journey, but it's messy. It's a process. Why do you think it's easier for people to want to contract out their areas of thirst? It's because it's messy. It's because it's difficult. You're walking literally through the valley of the shadow of death. That's not fun, but Jesus says, I'm with you. And because he's with you on the other side, he says that he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You've entered into your overflow. So catalog it. And the ones that you buried and said, you know what? This marriage, forget it all. Let's just be going as we are. You are missing out on two things. Abundance for you to enjoy personally and more importantly, honestly, more importantly, there are people waiting on the wings waiting for you to enter into overflow so that they can drink from your rivers. That is why God permitted you to be in that situation. That's the truth. Begin to think like that. As Christians, our faith cannot just be about receive more, receive more. All oh, the prayer point is about, okay, God, give me this. Oh God, give me this. God, sort this area of my life out. At what point will it be enough? At what point will it be enough? Where have you entered into abundance? Are you using that area of abundance to impact the people in your environment? 
that career, you've become a career guru. Yes, yeah, C-suite in a multinational organization. And there are people in an environment that are stuck and you can see the mistakes they're making. Why not say 30 minutes, I'm going to sit with these people. But if you don't have that mindset yet, then that is what I've come to charge you with today. That is why a lot of people who are in rivers, they're in overflow, they're enjoying abundance and they're still super dissatisfied. There's just something, they just feel so unfulfilled. It's because the rivers is just lying there and nothing's happening and you're still wanting more rivers, but there are people literally within arm's reach that are almost literally dying of thirst. Some even dying of thirst. And all it would take is one cup of water from your rivers and you will change their life. Do you understand that? In conclusion, let me just wrap this up very quickly. Number one, remember that true fulfillment comes from helping others. Nobody is going to truly be fulfilled in this life until they have avenues through which human beings are benefiting from them. And you cannot use, oh, but me too, all the areas of my life are thirsty. Like spiritually, I'm down. Financially, down. Parenting, down. Marriage is almost quenchy. Like all the areas of your life are in the thirst mode. Do something about it. Take them one by one and push until you enter into abundance. Because that's why you were created. For people to drink from your rivers of living water. The same way when you are in your point of thirst, you will drink from other people's rivers of living water. But you're not supposed to stay there and keep drinking from other people's rivers forever. You're supposed to exercise your faith to transform that area of thirst into rivers of living water. If you find that you're just not fulfilled, no matter what you get, no matter what you have, no matter how high you go, you still feel dissatisfied. They just triple your salary six months ago. You were like, wow, wow, wow. And then within two or three days, you're like, oh, it's because there's no outlet. You have no outlet. You have to create outlets for people to drink from your rivers with living water. The second one is exercise your faith. Go from faith to faith. Go from receiving life by faith to dispersing by faith, living by faith. Don't stay stuck in the thirsty area forever where you're just literally exercising your faith just to get, to get, to get. Make up your mind that I'm going to get into such abundance. Push. Don't abandon your dreams. The thirsty areas, don't abandon them. If you have already, go and pick them up again. One by one, say, I'm going to push until this area becomes rivers of living water. And let me tell you something. The thirstier you are in a particular area of your life, the greater the rivers of water that could potentially come out of it. In other words, the darker that area of life is, the greater the light that will come out of it. And of course, don't take shortcuts. And what are the shortcuts? Trying to contract your faith out to other people, to other men of God, women of God, not exercising your own faith or trying to use your brain. The Bible says that, listen, the flesh cannot access the things of God. The carnal mind cannot access the things of God. So if it's rivers of living water that Jesus will give you that you're looking for, it cannot come out of the brain. It can't come out of worldly systems. You have to literally go deep into God to bring those things out. So if you want to live a life of purpose, you cannot escape taking an area of thirst in your life to Jesus until it becomes rivers of living water. 
Let me finish with this. The rich man and Lazarus, this is a classic example of people that have entered into abundance and they're seeking after more abundance and there's a beggar. There are people literally that God has positioned at their gate to help them, to help alleviate their suffering, to bring them out of captivity the same way they were once in captivity and they came out of it. And they're so preoccupied. Say, I don't have time. I'm just too busy to help all these people. Huh? This is why so many of us are so grossly unfulfilled. This is why. It's Allow Me Brigway, and I'll be back next week with another episode in the series Purpose for Living. See you then. <laughs>